0: Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Mary Catherine Backstrom is a viral blogger, speaker, and author. She offers humor and spiritual inspiration to anyone in the trenches of this messy, beautiful life. MK is the dynamic personality behind Mom Babble, a growing community of 600,000 plus followers. She has been featured on The Ellen DeGeneres Show and awarded the prestigious Today Show Iris Award. Hello, friends. Hello, MK. We have Mary Catherine Backstrom hey. joining us today. And she's she's going to look off screen because she wants to share with her people also. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, she's going to share at the same time because this is obviously live for you all. Um, but I just want to tell you a bit about Mary Catherine Backstrom first. She is a viral blogger and author of Mom Babble, and we have a secret surprise coming up for you a little bit later about another (laughs) possible book. I don't wanna give it all away. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, And she's also a speaker, but MK, what I know about you is you are hysterically funny and you have this unparalleled heart for people who are in the trenches of this messy, beautiful life, right? Yes, that is, I think you pretty much I need you to write that
1: down and send it to me so it can be my new elevator pitch because I think oh, yes, you just right? nailed it for me. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Boom. Done. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to, we already have a comment. Oh, Gloria Domi. Oh, hey. Hello. Hey Gloria. Oh, how are you? That kind of,
1: oh, wow. Gloria. That's so fancy. Look at your, um, I love this
0: format. This is so neat. I know. Isn't that cool? So now I'm going to, like Gloria's gone now, but if anyone else wants to say hi or ask awesome. questions for MK, like this is why we're here. We want to have a great conversation and include all of you in your homes or you know playing hooky on your work or whatever that is. <laughs> all right, so Mary Catherine, I need to just know first how you went from probably living what seemed to be a pretty ordinary life to like, boom, like yeah, half a million people plus. Knowing your
1: name, like how, how, well, that's funny. It's funny. So, I I feel like, um, my I wrote, I started writing actually in 2013, um, when my son was born. I was struggling with postpartum depression, and so I was just kind of longing for a way to connect with others. And what I found was I had I went on my personal page and wrote just some parenting SOS. I'm up in the middle of the night. Does this get better? Uh, and um, immediately I started getting all of these responses from people who were like, Oh, people that like, I wasn't even friends with in high school, but they're there, you know? And um, the support that I got was just incredible. And so I thought what a beautiful community this is. I wonder if I can create something similar. And so it started like that and slowly over the course of about three to four years, I built up about a 200 to 300,000, Person following that was like a slow roll, um, and then the Ellen thing happened, and you right, know, yeah. <laughs> so pause right there because what the what? I know that was so wild. I still can't believe that it's coming up on a year, and it feels like it was such an overwhelmingly magical experience. It's kind of like a wedding day, honestly. <laughs> You're trying as hard as you can to soak in every moment, but it's not possible. So I'm glad that Ellen had good videographers because I didn't at my wedding. And so I can
0: actually (laughs) go back and watch this and remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please. Somebody tell me what happened during my wedding. Right. Because I I,
1: I don't remember.
0: (laughs) How did she find you? How did that happen? Walk us through that beginning part.
1: Well, um, as you know, the the video that we're talking about is the Christmas spirit video where I hugged a stranger at Wawa and then immediately felt like it was a. The right thing to do to go live and tell people about it. Why not? I'm a blogger. We overshare things, right? Yes. And so um, within like a couple of minutes, it went, you know, usually I have 10 to 40,000 views. You know, it goes over to 100 or 200. Like by the time I got home, it had like 300,000 views. I was like, boy, I was like 10 minutes ago. Something's wrong with Facebook's algorithm. <laughs> Live it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong. And then I start getting all these calls from out of state from my cousins who are like, my friend just shared this video. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going like a different kind of viral. Um, next thing I know, all of my followers and their friends are tagging Ellen's page. Oh. and I assume a thousand bajillion tags later, they finally clued in that the video existed. And I got an email and I thought it was spam. Because of course, I mean, you don't expect to get an email from Ellen's people <laughs> right, right. so i called the number back and was like hi this is mary catherine backstrom if you are going to pretend to be my uncle in kenya and try and give me money then i'm not going to do that so i'm not stupid but if you're real call me back <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you honestly say that all of that yes oh my gosh they must have just eaten that up that is fantastic <laughs> oh. so then yeah. they called back they called
1: back. And um, when the phone rang, it said, God, what is it? What studios is it? I can't even remember, but it was the name of the studio on Warner my readers. I think it is. Yes. And so it said it was calling from California. It said Warner brothers. And I was like, I don't think they can do that from Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was actually like, Oh my gosh, I don't think these people are going to try and you, know, this is so crazy. And so it was a process. Um, you know, you, you talk to them, you kind of share your story you're not really sure if you're going to be on the show or not. It's very much like a feeling you out situation. Meanwhile, good morning America had reached out to me and wanted me to commit immediately. And so I had the choice. I had to either commit to good morning America and, and cancel all conversations with Ellen or put all my eggs in that basket, which I did.
0: Whoa. <laughs> it's Ellen. <laughs> I, yeah, but I love that you're saying to Good Morning America. Well, you know, so I've got this thing with Ellen. And, I know, and- I know. Oh, can I tell you? Oh, I don't know if I can.
1: I'm gonna miss a kindness podcast. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, kindness. <laughs> no, it was really funny because um, they they were just like you know, if you're, we better not find you on some like hokey talk show. When I told them I couldn't come, I I didn't tell them it was Ellen because I had been told by their people not to tell them. It's this whole thing where everybody's being shady, you know? And, um, but they were like, okay, but I won't say which talk show. If we see you on this talk show, we're going to be mad. And it wasn't that one. I was like, you won't be mad.
0: (laughs) It's going to be fine. Trust me. It's going to be fine. So did you become friends with, um, Hoda and, and Jenna too from the Today. Oh, show? Gosh,
1: I wish. I wish. Like they, I mean, they, they love your book. Oh, so um they caught on. I was a couple of years ago. The Today Show hosted the Iris Award for um the best parenting blogger. And um, it was like a community choice thing. And so they went through all of their contributors and people who had been viral on their page. And I had contributed several times to today's show as a writer. And so they nominated me and then the community chose me. And then I got all of this amazing feedback. And I mean, like, I'm going to copy and paste that line and put it on every book I ever write. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) they think I'm funny. It's going on every book ever (laughs) better. No kidding.
0: Oh, so. You know, my two favorite posts that you've ever had. Okay, oh, you ready? Yeah, I'm kind of where are we going here? Hmm. I'm curious. The <laughs> first one says, um, I don't know who needs to hear this, which is always a really special thing to me because I am usually the one who needs to hear it. By the way, we just we just need a shout out to Steve. Richie says hey, Steve. Ah. Oh. So um, and who is this? Oh, look at, and see, and, uh, I just feel okay. proud of Dear NJP. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that is so awesome. That was sweet. Ah, oh. okay. So the two favorite ones you say, I don't know who needs to hear this because that is always precious to me because I'm usually the one who needs to hear it. And it said, I don't need, know who needs to hear this, but you don't need anything from Amazon today. Oh, Yep. Like I was like, oh, she's speaking to me. How does she know? How does she yeah. know that I feel the need for retail therapy? That was the Lord's conviction just flowing through, straight to me. <laughs> straight, I received. Yeah. So uh, that that was that's one of my favorites. My second favorite, um, maybe something that you posted a long time ago, but I saw it two days ago, and hmm. it was a post from you about having it all. And dog it. Like before this interview started, I got a little weepy with you. I'm feeling it again. So I don't know okay, what you got going <laughs> with me. But which post do you know? Is
1: it? Um, oh, gosh. Oh, was it about the depression, about how you can have literally everything? You know, um, I was inspired by a meme I saw to write that. And a lot of the times I'm writing those posts from my from my pillow on my phone, right? All my kids are asleep. I still, my brain is spinning and I have things I want to connect with other people over. And so I start like, I'm laying under the covers, trying not to wake a kid up, you know, <laughs> just total mom life. Um, and and also you're going to appreciate this being who I am. I shared the wrong podcast onto my page. So I'm going to reshare that. <laughs> Hot
0: mess. Oh my goodness. You know what? It's <sighs> kindness for someone else. Like share, share the love <laughs> of a different person podcast was well it was that. actually yours at
1: the holderness family and I'm a huge fan of them huge so how fun was that
0: oh they're fantastic okay. yeah all right amazing. so I've just
1: reshared maybe some of my people will find us now what I was gonna tell you was yeah that meme. the meme I saw a meme and it was it was two girls sitting next to each other and one is like so you have this awesome life and she's like mm-hmm she's like well you've got everything going for you mm-hmm she's like so why are you depressed? (laughs) And she's like, depression. (laughs) I think it's the funniest thing because, you know, it is an equal opportunity. It's an equal opportunity disease. It doesn't matter if you have your everything you've ever wanted, or if you're in the trenches of life, depression finds you where you are. And it, you know, it feels so heavy. And so I just wanted people to understand that that was okay to acknowledge. It doesn't make you an ungrateful person, I think is where... Um, especially people who have like privilege of various degrees of be financial or, you know, they just look at their lives and think, boy, I should not be feeling this way. Um, I think those people are the ones who struggle the most with admitting that they're depressed and getting the help that they need, maybe because they feel convicted that they are like there's something wrong with their gratitude is broken. Right. It has nothing to do with that. Right. Um, If anything, I think that people who struggle with depression feel terrible because they are so grateful. And then it's like, I feel even worse (laughs) because I should I'm already sad. And now I feel like I should, you know, I'm sad about being sad. (laughs) So
0: absolutely. And so how does Ian, your husband handle that with you? Does he?
1: We have a really honest relationship about um, Mm -hmm. mental illness. I mean, so my husband, he's a high stress person, which I think has put him in the like he, he functions differently with stress and anxiety. His makes him like type a he's uh you know, we went, we went to undergrad together. I saw him studying for medical school, getting into medical school, going through residency. He was always a very high achiever. So his stress points and like when he feels broken completely different than mine. And so we had to learn one another's, um, kind of like what does mental health look like for you and what does it look like for me Mm -hmm. and what are the flags for you and what are the flags for me luckily though I married somebody who understands that mental illness is real and we honor that when we see it in one another we don't um I mean there's just not any shame there so I'm really lucky he supports me when I'm struggling um and you know good lord I go to therapy every week I think he likes that because I'm less I'm I'm less crazy (laughs) Yeah. I
0: right? beach an beach. hour just to funnel things out and work through them in your right. mind. And yeah. Yeah. I do feel like my poor husband, you know, um, he can see it coming in me. Like he can see it in my eyes. Like, all, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but he, we've been married for 20 years and he mm-hmm. can see it coming and he's like, Oh boy. <laughs> like I'm holding yes. on. And, and, and he'll say like, what can I do to make you happy? And he wants to fix it. And I, right. I'm like, honey, you have to let me be in this moment. Like, I'll, I am working through this. I right. am trying really hard to use all of the tools in my tool basket to work right. through this, but you cannot fix this. Like, right you don't need to go make more money. You don't need to, you know, exactly. Or, you know, you know, my thing was for the longest
1: time, well, I just need a babysitter. I need somebody to take this off my plate. And so then it was like, oh, I mean, am I ever going to spend time with if I think I feel like certain things are the trigger? I mean, no, it's like life is the trigger. You know, things just happen. Depression exists. The funny thing um, with us, and I think that you pointed out something really smart is like, when when you, you know that you love somebody well, when you can see it coming. Um, and that's important in in any kind of like friendship or relationship is to be able to know one another well enough that you see, like, let me help you prevent this meltdown, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I have bipolar two, which is kind of like bipolar. If bipolar is a huge roller coaster, then bipolar two is like just a smaller, it's like the kiddie version of the roller coaster. But I still have these manic episodes. And um, I like those because I'm very like high energy, and I can conquer the world. And I'm always sending my agent like eight thousand book ideas. This is the one; it's gonna blow everybody's mind. He's like, okay. <laughs> but when you um, laugh hysterically in your yeah. video, when you start laughing, it's like, oh, the whole yeah. world laughs with you. <laughs> right. Well, what's really funny is um, I've been noticing lately that I bring, I draw a lot of my audience in when I'm manic. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not normal to sit down and laugh that hard that you're crying into a phone. And I mean, I, it's funny and it's relatable because let's be honest, we all have varying de- varying degrees of like not being normal. But um, what's really funny is what people don't realize is they come to my page and then a couple days later, I'm sharing about depression and how like hard life is. And they think they're like, "Well, you're the girl that made me laugh. I'm like, hello, it's two sides of the same coin. <laughs> you people? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, so. if you're going to get this, you're probably going to get this. If, you get the, if you're right here with me, chances are in about four days you're going to get that depression post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. easy to see now. Even my readers know. They're like, oh, you know, we saw you having a really good day the other day. <laughs> so, I, you
0: know. I heard you mention therapy. And I, for my tools, I really have gotten into this whole love of kindness because kindness is one of the tools that I use on those days. When the dark cloud starts coming in, I try as quickly as I can to get my eyes off of myself and put them onto the needs of other people and just try to remove myself from my own brain a little bit. What sort of tools do you have um, to help
1: well, actually, as it pertains to kindness um, in a little bit different way, one of the most like aha moments I had in therapy was I was sitting down with my therapist and he was he asked me because I was just having a hard time. So I'm just I am generally very sad right now and I just don't know what's causing it. I don't know how to get through it. And he said, OK, well, start me at the beginning of your day, like the inner dialogue at the beginning of your day. Take me for the first two hours. And so, OK. So I'm like in my head, I'm pretty good about this. I feel this is a fun exercise. So I wake up and I get out of bed and I go to brush my teeth. And I'm like, mm, Mary Catherine, your teeth are so yellow. You drink so much coffee. You need to do something and whiten your teeth. Then I'm going to take a shower and I'm looking at my body like, oh, cool. Cancer did a good job with your boobs. You need to lose 50 pounds. Like by the time I get out of the shower, I've already spent 15 minutes being hateful to myself and it only continues as I wake my children up, lose my patience with them, pack a crappy lunch in their lunchbox. By the time my kids are out the door, we're talking an hour and a half. I have had an hour and a half of solid mean dialogue to myself. And then I wonder why I have a hard time in the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And so he told me, he's like, you are so kind to other people. Why do you have such a hard time being kind to yourself? And that just hit me, you know, it just slammed into me. I was like, you know, that's very it's a heartbreaking thing to realize that sometimes your worst enemy really is you. Um, you can be the most critical to yourself, the most demeaning when I walk out and I have this in my mind, I know, cause I go to therapy every Tuesday. Like, I feel like I'm an honorary therapist at this point, <laughs> the worst kind. Cause I think that I'm one, I'm really not, you know, but, um, <laughs> it's like, I go out into the world and I know that in my little outfit with my hair done, people see me and they're like, Oh, that's a nice looking lady. But mm-hmm. what do I see? Something complete. I know every little flaw. I know where my tummy shows when I sit down. And we always see ourselves in such a nastier light than anybody else would ever. And so I think that like kindness has been a really important thing for me, not just to share with others, but I have to and I have to show kindness to myself. Um, And that's been the biggest tool for me lately is whenever I get really, really down, I realize that that internal dialogue has turned on me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be that one's free. That probably
0: cost me a hundred dollars to learn. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least. And so thank you for the free advice. Yeah. I, like. I talk to people who so um people from my my tribe will say, Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds familiar because I'm constantly saying, think about what you're thinking about. Think yeah. about what you're thinking about so you can reject those negative thoughts right. and replace them. It's just this constant um
1: Having children has been a really good mirror for me because well it's I wouldn't say if it's that is it's more as like a litmus test you know I if I hear myself saying things or even saying them out loud to myself I'll question like how would I feel if I saw my daughter saying this to herself and seeing herself this way yeah. or my son um and if if you wouldn't let your children like speak that way to themselves why would you do that to you right you know
0: We'll get back to our conversation with Mary Catherine Backstrom in just a moment. But first, our kindness call. Hi, my name is Joyce, and I'm just sharing
1: that I keep a bottle of joy soap on my sink. And it
0: constantly reminds me that nobody can steal my joy unless I let them. Did you know you can be on the kindness podcast? Call the kindness hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now back to the show. You know it's funny because before we got on this interview, I um, hi Catherine, Catherine Dunlap saying hi to us. Hi hey, Catherine. Um, I I was thinking like I'm reading the book and I'm looking at all your stuff once again, and I'm like <laughs> I'm not worthy. Like why should why would she <laughs> take the time to talk to me? Like oh, gosh. I, shouldn't think, I shouldn't bother her, and it, it's just like this crazy thought negative. Yeah.
1: But it does kind of feel like women are worse at that though. I don't know why. I mean, I think we all struggle with it, but I feel like in general, women seem to be more critical of or doubting ourselves, especially professionally. Like yes. I need, I, Why would I reach out to that person? Why wouldn't you reach out to that person? Like what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> or or the whole like oh you don't have to pay me for that I don't need to get paid. Oh, good lord, I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly bad about that. And I was just telling my friend I have a I'll I'm gonna name drop Amy Weatherly because you need to talk to her. She's amazing. Um, talk about somebody whose like mission is kindness. She has an amazing page which is by her name Amy Weatherly. But then she also has a page called Sister I'm with you which she shares with somebody. But um, she's such a sweet girl. And um, I'll ask her, hey, what are you doing today? I'm going to go speak at a church. I was like, oh, good. How much do they pay you? Well, they offered to pay me, but, you know, I just didn't want to ask. And I'm like, girl, she's been stressed all day planning that speech, you know, practicing. She's got to get a babysitter to take care of her kids. I'm like, at least cover your time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we, we tend to kind of devalue
0: our own mm-hmm. in so many ways. So tell me, you mentioned breast cancer. I was diagnosed in 2015 when I was 40, and that was the first time in my life as a 40-year-old I felt really young, because that's young for a survivor, but
1: you were even younger. I was. um, So, you know, this is really funny, because being in the sorority that nobody wants to be a part of, right, I instantly found there was this, like, kinship with other survivors. And I came into the, I came to the table saying, well... I'm kind of like Jv breast cancer survivor because really, when they found like traces of cancer in my body, I, my life was not at risk. It was more a miraculous finding that prevented my life, life from being at risk. Mm-hmm. And so then I started putting myself in this place where, oh, I mean, even am I even, you know, what do I get to clean this or not? It's just that whole thing. Um, and you know, the the people who didn't that way we're breast cancer survivors they're like oh, girl are you kidding me like <laughs> you've been through it you've had to go through the emotional roller coaster i have friends who are stage four um they never once made me feel like i this is not something i can talk about but of course in my head i was like no i had a breast reduction um which is something i always like i just I wrote about actually, we'll talk about this in a minute, but I did write about that in my next project um, yeah. where I like was a blessed girl from like sixth grade on. I had the genetics that made cartwheels impossible. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And so from basically like eighth grade moving forward, I just wanted a reduction and I looked forward to it. I like dreamed about it. Like this is gonna be the greatest day ever. And so I was I went I finally I weaned two children um, and then I scheduled the appointment. I went and had the surgery. I woke up and was like, "I can see my belly button. This is the greatest thing ever!" I was so happy with the results of that surgery. Four days later, I go to the surgeon's office just for my follow-up appointment, and I walk in, and they're like, "Where's your husband? Is nobody with you?" And at that point, I knew something was wrong because they never asked me that, you know. No. Um, and so they, you know, they walked in and basically had sent my tissue off in an abundance of caution and diligence um, mm-hmm. to just all of their patients, they send tissues off for um, screening for any kind of disease, and they found, um, you know, DCIS. And because they weren't able to just determine whether it was in one particular spot, um, based on the slides, it was kind of sporadic. They recommended a mastectomy. I did get a bunch of second um, and I got all kinds of recommendations. I mean, I shocked the heck out of that decision (laughs) until I realized that the decision itself was causing me more sickness. I mean, my mental illness was just like, you know, Um, so I ultimately decided a mastectomy was the right choice for me because I could not follow through with the annual screening and the what ifs. Um, but yeah, and I guess that makes me a survivor now, which is a weird thing to say. You know, and
0: it does. And I, I call myself, uh, I never called myself this, but I, I relate when you say the JV version, you know, mastectomy, right, right. but I never had chemo. I never had radiation. Right. So I'm like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad really. Right. But when right, we're sitting in that moment of like, oh, I got to pick a new a new wife for my husband, like because right. the yes. need a new mom. Yes, and
1: I actually sent him an email one night. I was, I had had a glass of wine, and I was like, I'm going to let him know who he can and cannot marry. So he got this weird email. He's like, What in the heck is this for?
0: It <laughs> was probably better to put an email. I said mine out loud, and I actually told the woman as well. Oh, and She was like, Yeah, we're not no like i don't really want to entertain this concept with you yeah like this makes me really uncomfortable and then i told my husband he's like that makes me really uncomfortable so oh
1: that is so funny hey sarah hello i love your format this is so cool
0: yeah is this every once in a while i like to just say hey people yeah. like i know you're there we can see you it's just really fun okay so um i I I told you I would keep you for 20 minutes. It's now been 24 oh. minutes. So. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine for f- at least a few more. I'm good. Okay, I thought okay. it was a, I had no
1: idea. No plan. You yeah, had
0: no idea. Yeah, I, I reserved you for four hours this afternoon. So keep good. that coffee and Coke. Come I'll in. text the babysitter. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> yeah, I'll Venmo her some extra payment. It's all good. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's hear about this new. Okay. Project.
1: Okay. So this is really fun because I haven't actually gotten to say this to anybody yet, but I just finished the manuscript of a book that is releasing next year. And I am allowed to tell you all the title. How cool is that? So I don't know if you can see this or not, but, um, yeah, this is officially my next book. It's called Holy Hot Mess and it's coming through Hachette, which is like the greatest. I'm so excited to be working with Hachette, um, Nashville. And I don't, this is, I feel mom babble is a book that I will forever be proud of. It's the first thing I ever put out there. Um, it was a collection of essays. This is a little more, um, expanded upon. And so it was a lot harder to write. I feel like, and also hashtag pandemic life. You know, if you, you're an author can, I mean, Lord, writing this time of year has not been easy. So I finished it a couple of days ago and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is, I've done it. Hey, Deborah. And so I'm really yeah, I'm super excited to write about it. Holy hot mess is basically finding God in the details of just this beautiful messy life that we have. Okay? And so
0: it's that's it. And you just stop right there because everyone who is watching, we just have to do a a whole big <laughs> kindness collective applause. <laughs> so 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 put your applause in the comments. For oh, thank you, Karen. We sure We need her to know like <laughs> Yes. Thank you. really brave (laughs) smart woman is writing a book. Yes. So (laughs) Karen says, love you, Mary Catherine. So nice to catch you live.
1: It's so good to see you too, Karen. And Sarah, thank you. I know I'm so excited too. I just cannot wait. So. Oh, and there's more coming. People are loving on you.
0: So Karen says, can't wait for the new book. Thank you. And Sarah's sending her applause and her love. (laughs) I feel so loved. Thank you, Janelle yeah so uh okay now now you can continue now that i give people a spot where they need to like just say yay we love you this is great (laughs) this has been the wildest thing i'm telling
1: you it's been such a journey um i yeah what's that do we know when Uh, oh it looks like it's going to be i think august of 2021 so that's officially less than a year right um publishing takes forever Uh, It does,
0: (laughs) yeah. In my book that I sent to my editor, and I actually, I, I, I was like, I can't do the Zoom and make it work. Like, Mm -hmm. for uh, I don't want to Skype about this. So she actually met me in Chicago, and we rented a hotel room, and she sat in my hotel room with me for an entire weekend.
1: That's amazing.
0: This is before COVID, and um, I miss those days. Every chapter and everything. And then I went home and kind of rewrote. So, have you gotten to that point where you are doing the. So, writing? I
1: think everybody probably has a different process. I actually, I decided early. Well, I didn't decide. Let me tell you, this is a, a peek behind the curtain. Um, I thought I had this. I was going to write a book. I didn't need any help. I was going to write the entire manuscript and send it over to my publisher, and all was going to be dandy.
0: I was about,
1: yeah. right, right, right. And um, like about a month and a half out, I was about 10 chapters short. And I realized I had a significant problem with I was telling a lot of stories that wasn't bringing the point home. And so I was able to collaborate with an editor who was brilliant. Hey, Nikki. (laughs) Um, And she was able to like to come in beside my stories and kind of extract like, hey, I think the readers aren't going to hear what you're saying, write a little bit more here. And so I've already done some of the editing um, and now I sent it off to the publisher and they're going to do their thing. So I imagine I've got another pass or two before this thing is complete.
0: Not <laughs> much though. It's I know, I know, but happened. I wrote it.
1: Yeah. I just carry it everywhere with me because can we just talk about
0: how thick this is? <laughs> I know, but I mean, then you're gonna get it and it's gonna be like like this big. I know. This was mine. <laughs> and it started looking like that. And then I was like, I got it the first time and I was like, wait, this is this is skinny. Like I could put this down my skinny jeans, right? I know. You're like, how did this take so long? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know, right?
0: Why did I cry so much? Over I know, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. What do you want? To share with people about kindness, about life, about anything—like you do what you do because you love people, right? Or you do it to right. cope. One of the two, you know. Uh, probably depends on any given day, but but what do you want people to know from your heart? Um, so I'm a you know
1: obviously as a person of faith, but this i always i clarify that i am i'm writing as a christian that's the lens through which i see everything mm-hmm. um it doesn't mean that i don't want everybody at my, i think i have a very inclusive table i want everybody to show up and, and party mm-hmm. with uh, me but um mm-hmm. for me i feel like rather than be a preaching bible thumping kind of like um out there person what i've decided is that i have about a two-minute encounter with each of my readers you know i have This much time to be Jesus to people, Uh and um, and so I want my encounter to leave the impact that would leave somebody thinking like, oh, that's what it feels like to be loved well by a Christian. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's not enough of that right now. Like I feel like a lot of people leave the church with a lot of hurt or um, step away from uh, kind of faith, feeling like the experience left more injury than encouragement. And so I'm just trying to kind of flip that narrative. And I'm not perfect, but if I can be honest about where I am and my imperfections, then at least I'm relatably messy, and then people can understand where I am and see that, hey, I'm going to love you through this, and that's kind of the whole deal. <laughs> like we're just going to love each other through it, you know? I love it.
0: I love it. And isn't that really like the the definition of kindness? Like let's love each other through it, regardless right. of where you have been, where you are, right. where you're going. Like we are in it. Right. I always
1: say you have to give people grace for like, there's gotta be wiggle room. Um, Mm -hmm. Allow people room for growth. If they're not where you want them to be right now, then help them get there. Don't, you know, be nasty because they're not rising to your expectation. And the funny thing is like, we're all growing. Like I'm, I'm, I keep every perspective and thought and belief that I've had in the last two years, it's a little different than it was five years ago. And so we have to meet people where they are and respect them where they are and give them room for growth, a little wiggle room, you know?
0: Christine liked yeah. that. So oh, good. Thank you, Christine.
1: Glad you liked that.
0: <laughs> that one was it, free too. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> it's another $100. We another $100 got we $100.
1: I probably paid to learn that one. Yeah,
0: that's good. So, um, you have a website called Holy Hot Mass. Yes. But where do you want to engage with people? Where should people go after the Facebook
1: page. I pretty Uh-oh. much spend most of my time on my Facebook page. It's where I pop in and do live videos. It's where I um, hide under the covers from my kids at night and write little posts and fire them off in the evening. So, yeah, if you want a chance to engage with me, I would go there and then perhaps sign up for my email list. I never get sad when people sign up for my email list.
0: No, but you know what? I here's the thing. Like I get a notification of who signs up and who unsigns up on my Me phone. Too. And like today it was like two people signed up, eight people unsubscribed. And I'm like You're right. I know post <laughs> anything ever
1: since I created my own email list I'm so sensitive about unsubscribing I've got like old navy blowing me up and I'm like well I don't want to hurt their feelings <laughs>
0: <don't get> it. <laughs> oh it's so true there are people that it I, is I, I um yeah yeah oh okay we uh let's see Oh, I love that and Damien. We all have to wait to turn into a beautiful butterfly. Sometimes it takes a little longer than others. I am waiting to become the butterfly. Okay, can I tell you a little something about
1: chrysalis, which will, is hilarious. Speaking of hot mess. Um, I don't know if you know this, but what, while a caterpillar is turning into a butterfly, it actually becomes a really gooey, disgusting blob. I feel like that's important to understand if you're trying to get there,
0: just expect the blob to happen first. <laughs> And I, see, I see it sometimes when I get out of the shower and look at the ma- in the mirror, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, no, 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 we will not say mean things about ourselves. There no, you no. go. <laughs> hey, Sarah
1: says your Facebook page is lit. I feel like that is young, hip way of saying that it's cool, I hope. I don't know, but you lit. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So wonderful! Anything else you Thank want to ask so before we let you
1: go? No, my gosh, this was so much fun. Thank you for uh, having me, and thanks for letting me chat about my little book. And um, I mean,
0: gosh, I'll be sharing your next podcast. This is awesome. This is Thank Mom you. Babble. Go get it, and then in a year, uh, go get the new one. Holy hot mess! But in the meantime, you can hang out with Mary Catherine Backstrom on her Facebook page. Thank you, Mary Catherine. Thank you. That was a conversation with author and viral blogger, Mary Catherine Backstrom. Join her community on Facebook at MomBabble. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. And check out my new book, The Negativity Remedy, now available in stores.